There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. This 10th year of Daily Tech News Show is made possible by you, the listener. Thanks to everybody who listens, including Jeffrey Zilks, Tony Glass, Philip Less, and our new patrons, Bo, Alex, and Brandon. On this episode of DTNS, Microsoft has not won its fight to buy Activision Blizzard yet, but it just got a lot closer. And Will Smith is here to give us some advice on how to pick PC parts. This is the Daily Tech News for Tuesday, July 11th, 2023 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And from studio, we are going to make it. I'm Sarah Lane. And I'm the show's producer, Roger Chang. Joining us, the co-host of Brad and Will Made a Tech Pod is the Will in Brad and Will Made a Tech Pod. Will Smith, welcome back. Thanks for having me, guys. It's good to be back. It's good to have you. Uh, Did you hear that Apple opened a store on China's WeChat super app? I, I only vaguely understand what WeChat is, Tom, if I'm it's being honest. Super app. It's I look it's the, the app where you do matter. everything. Yeah. You bank, oh. you text, yeah, you social network, you travel you to Mars. buy a house. Okay. You do wow, all really? of you can literally buy a house using WeChat, apparently. Um, anyway, good for Apple expanding in yeah. China. Let's get to the rest of the quick hits. Netflix has updated its uh, profile transfer feature that lets you take your profile from a shared account to a new account. So now you could take your profile from one shared account to another shared account. If you're saying, what is happening? For example, you move out of your parents' house. Maybe you and your new roommate want to share a Netflix account. This would make that possible. Anthropic opened up its Claude 2 chatbot available online for users in the UK and US to test. Anthropic builds Claude as a friendly, enthusiastic colleague or personal assistant. They're trying to make it, they're trying to like position it against ChatGPT. Chat, Chad is mean, Claude is friendly. Uh, it's able to do similar tasks to other chatbots, but with a more conversational tone. Its training data set also goes up through December 2020. Nothing's phone two specs are official. The company announced performance bumps, including a Snapdragon 8 Plus Gen 1 chip, also supports a 4K video at six frames per second experience. The rear dual cam has a 50 megapixel primary and 50 megapixel ultra wide, and also action mode offers extra stable video recording. You know, if you're 
planned uh, soccer or something like that. <laughs> uh, the screen is now a seven point six point seven inch, rather uh, one hundred twenty hertz LTPO OLED ten eighty p screen. So could be better, but not as bad as it was before. Glyph lighting still on the back. People like that. Nothing uh, uh, folks do anyway. Um, software offers more customization, better widget options. And now with a four, uh, 4,700 milliamp battery, it's full charge is in under an hour wireless charging also available. Nothing's Phone 2 comes to the U.S. and Canada for the first time on July 17th. Starts at $599 in the U.S. and pre-orders are open now. Amazon filed a petition with the European Union General Court challenging the designation of Amazon as a very large online platform under the Digital Services Act, or DSA. If you're categorized that way, you have to abide by the restrictions of the DSA. Amazon is the first U.S. company seeking to challenge the law. Amazon argues that it doesn't qualify as the DSA is designed to address large advertising-based companies that distribute speech and information, whereas Amazon is a large advertising-based company that sells you stuff. Uh, The DSA goes into effect on August 25th. Cannot believe the audacity, but okay. Uh, On Monday, Apple issued a set of rapid security response updates to address zero-day exploits in the WebKit browser engine on macOS, Ventura, iOS, and iPadOS 16, as well as Safari. Shortly after it was released, users reported problems accessing some websites in Safari, like Facebook and Zoom. Apple has since pulled the update you can manually remove it in settings as well. Yeah, if you're wondering why Facebook doesn't work suddenly, uh, that could be why. If you're if you're on one of these devices that got the update. All right, let's talk about the big news, Sarah. Let's talk about it. Okay, so let's talk about Microsoft, Activision, Blizzard, and people who don't want this to be a thing. A judge has ruled against a preliminary injunction to stop Microsoft and Activision Blizzard from completing their merger injunction. A lot of people seem to think, whoa, this is over. Microsoft won. This is good news for Microsoft, but it's not over. So let's give a responsible headline writing award to CNBC for its story on the decision. CNBC wrote, Activision, uh, Microsoft Activision deal moves closer as judge denies FTC injunction request. This has some people tripped up. So, Tom, let's talk about where we actually are right now. Yeah, the the nice thing about that CNBC headline is it pointed out that the deal moved closer. This isn't the end. A lot of headlines kind of implied Microsoft wins uh, as if that was it. Uh, They have a deadline to complete their deal by July 18th. Remember, this this deal is like two years old at this point. Uh, After July 18th, it's possible some penalties would kick in, etc. They would like to have this all done in seven days from now. The USFTC have filed a lawsuit to stop the merger back in December, but they have set an administrative law judge to hear that argument August 2nd. So the FTC didn't want Activision, Blizzard, and Microsoft to meet their July 18th deadline because that would end the merger before the administrative law judge heard their case. So they filed a preliminary injunction request, uh, a motion for a preliminary injunction to stop the merger from happening by July 18th. That's the case that was decided today. The injunction that says, don't let them finish the merger before we get to our court case. 
the U.S. federal judge Jacqueline Scott Corley denied the FTC's motion for that injunction. So all the judge said was, no, I'm not going to prevent them from completing their merger just so we can wait for your court case because, as the judge wrote, the FTC has not shown a likelihood it will prevail on its claim that this particular vertical merger in this specific industry may substantially lessen competition. To the contrary, the record evidence points to more consumer access to Call of Duty and other Activision content. I found it interesting that the judge called out Call of Duty specifically. So in other words, the judge said it's not clear the FTC is going to win, so I'm not going to give an order to stop the merger while we wait to find out. But that's not the end. The FTC has until July 14th to appeal that decision. And even if it doesn't, or if their appeal was denied, the deal would face opposition from the UK's Competition and Markets Authority. So it's not just the US, but also the UK that's been objecting to this. And a hearing on that case is set for July 28th, again, 10 days after the deadline. But The Verge reports Tuesday that Microsoft and the UK's CMA have agreed to pause their legal action against each other in order to negotiate. That's a very good sign for Microsoft that the CMA looked at this FTC case and said, you know what? Seems like maybe you get this done in the U.S. We don't want you to do some messy thing where the merger happens everywhere in the world except the U.K. So let's figure out if we can find a way to agree. Microsoft says it's considering further ways to modify this deal to satisfy the CMA. So, Sarah, it's starting to look like maybe Microsoft will get Activision Blizzard after all. Yeah, I I I was talking to uh, <laughs> quite a few of my gaming friends, you know, and the consensus this morning was like, "Yay, Microsoft won!" I was like, "Microsoft may indeed win. Microsoft did not win today. This not is yet. an injunction." And yeah, you know, if you're not, you know, up with you know, you know, legal stuff, uh, some of this is really convoluted. Um, what uh, what I think is interesting here is. FTC saying, well, hey, okay, so we've got until, you know, you know, August 2nd, you know, for a judge to talk about this lawsuit. Let's try to get ahead of it. Uh, another judge says, mm, you don't really have the legs to stand on to get ahead of this. So we're going to go ahead with, you know, uh, you know, the, 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 the dates that, that we, that we're already dealing with. And, you know, for a lot of people, it's like, well, can't they just like, make the dates earlier? No, it doesn't really work that way. And that's, uh, this particular case is, uh, I don't know. Uh, it's gotten into the weeds a little bit as far as dates go. Um, but will, uh, knowing, you know, what you know about, uh, how, however you might like, uh, the merger to proceed or not like it to proceed, uh, where do you stand on this? I mean, I think so full disclosure, my day job, I work at a game studio we had a game that released on xbox and game pass a couple years ago so like i have relationships with everyone involved here um i think more scrutiny is never going to hurt uh, consumers the people who are buying games and playing games and um i mean honestly the best part about this whole thing is all the disclosure that's come where we've learned how much money big studios and first party publishers actually spend making games you know we're talking about budgets in the hundreds of millions of dollars and we know what they're spending on marketing all this other stuff now which is incredibly valuable information for all the little guys out there like me that are just trying to make games for people to play 
Yeah. And and to be honest, there's really nothing that unusual about this case, except that so many lawsuits were left till the last minute uh, and that Microsoft and Activision Blizzard really don't want to get into the complications of missing their deadline, which involves fees and extensions and, and things like that. So uh, yeah. it, it does look like pushing it to the deadline was a bad idea. Uh, and it would have been better if the FTC and the CMA would have been able to get their stuff together to object to this earlier, uh, because now they've, they, they've run out of time. And, and the judge saying, look, it doesn't look like you're going to win this case. That's what's really bad here. The judge saying, I'm not going to give you a preliminary injunction because I don't know, you might win, but it sure doesn't look to me like you're gonna. So it's not worth holding mm-hmm. up the merger if you're just going to lose and then this company now suffers because they have to pay breakup fees and extra lawyer fees. But the FTC like will still appeal. They may not. Uh, they didn't win. They may not. I expect they, when that they Facebook will, and but... and within uh, when when a similar thing happened when Facebook was acquiring within the FTC decided FTC not to back appeal. off. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah. they may look at it and say it's just not worth it because we agree with the judge. Maybe we are going to lose uh, at this point. Commerce always wins, Tom. Commerce always wins. <laughs> Does, doesn't. doesn't. Oh yeah, I was going to say doesn't always, but <laughs> why not? Um, what we always win from is uh, uh, other people being surveyed to let us know how humans react to things. Uh, specifically, <laughs> a Pew Research Center study indicates that 59% of U.S. adults surveyed see TikTok as either a major or minor threat to national security, but a threat nonetheless. So uh, some takeaways from this study. The older you are, the more likely you are to see TikTok as a threat. 49% Younger than 30, uh, and only 14% um, of those in the same age group um, thought that it was a threat. The 14% thought it was a major threat. Now, of those uh, 65 and older, 65% of those said, yeah, we think TikTok is a threat. Um, 64% at least were somewhat worried about how TikTok handles data. Um, but again, that breaks down based on your age, 54% younger than 30 and 75% older than 65 felt this way. Now, uh, I know that that's a lot of percentages (laughs) and a lot of, uh, a lot of stats thrown in there, but Will, throwing this to you, how typical do you think we are. How would you have responded if you were part of the survey? Well, okay. So there's two different things happening here, right? One is I love, I love TikTok and I like time just disappears. So it's a massive threat to productivity. I think like national security, I would hope, and maybe I'm being, maybe I'm being uh, uh, optimistic here, but I would hope that if you are working in a national security capacity and you have a device, you're not allowed to run things like TikTok or discord or, you know, really any third-party applications on those devices. And thus, the national security threat always feels a little overblown to me. I, I feel like I feel like maybe in this case, TikTok's a proxy for China. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, are these people that are worried about China and TikTok is the social media app from China mm-hmm. that we use in America? I, I don't well, know. That's, that's the, um, you know, that's sort of the underlying thing of like, who actually feels that way? might be true, might not be true. Um, Important to say that uh, of those polled, 70% said, we don't think it's a threat at all. And then 23% just said... Yeah, it's very small. 17. Oh, wow. Yeah, one seven, not 70. Um, And 23% said, well, we just aren't sure. I I mean, I still I'd probably be in that 23%, to be honest. Yeah, that's that's where I... 
land is is not sure apathetic maybe i i feel like the to solve the problems with tiktok we should just solve the problems with app privacy in general and stop letting people collect so much data about us I, I think I think you bring up a good point, Will, that if if we took out TikTok and replaced it with China and I said 59 percent of U.S. adults surveyed see China as a major or minor threat to national security, uh, I wouldn't blink an eye. That, that probably sounds about right. I'm, I'm not I don't have that number, but I wouldn't be shocked if it was pretty close. And I think people see TikTok as China. Uh, I think that's unfair to TikTok. I think TikTok has more of a firewall between itself and the Chinese government than most Chinese companies. And I think there's a lot of Chinese companies like Lenovo uh, that people give a pass to just because they're more familiar with them or they use them more, which is why it's interesting to see that the older you get, the more likely you are to think it's a national security threat. Well, and you don't talk about Lenovo like, you know, I'm on Lenovo social network app all day, every day. No, but you're on a Lenovo all day, every day. Yeah. There's firmware. It, right, it's, right. You're but running kind everything of, on it. There's a social network conversation about like, oh, they know too much, you know, and then it's like, what about that monitor? Like, yeah, <laughs> all, like all of our routers are made in China. If we're, not, if we're worried about if we're worried about TikTok, we should be worried about that and, and that those pipelines, I think, more so. All that said, I think I might have uh, responded that this is a security threat. I, I don't know if I'd say major. Because it's a, it's a broad question. It, should someone who works in a sensitive position in the U.S. military, the U.S. government, or U.S. intelligence have TikTok on their phone? No. But that's not because I think that TikTok is handing over things to the Chinese military directly. It's because that's a lot of data to be handing over to anyone. Uh, and it's a well and you're a high value target. You shouldn't be doing that. And there's not a great way to prevent TikTok from collecting the data that it collects. And it's been caught collecting some data that it wasn't entirely above board. But that goes back to what you said earlier, Will. That's not unusual. Uh, Threads collects a lot of data. That's been in the news lately. But then when you look at it, you're like, oh, that's also the same data that Facebook collects, that Twitter collects, that all these other apps collect. So it does come down to these apps do collect a lot of information about you. And if you're a sensitive target, you probably shouldn't be using those because you shouldn't let anybody have them just to be safe. For the average person like myself, I don't think TikTok is a big national security threat. No, like if you're not in a position to evaluate what a national security threat is, like I am, I, I, I'm not in that position. I'm a yeah, ex journalist right. who makes video games, right? Like we're probably okay. The thing, the, the 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 counter to this is the Russian operative in Ukraine who was responsible for some bombings in civilian areas, who was posting his daily runs on a running app and got assassinated by the Ukrainians as a result because they knew his route. They they believe that it was a straw that it was a Strava Sorry. route that yeah. led him to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like, maybe, you know, yeah, it's like, there have to be rules about this kind of stuff and how we use our devices. But I mean, even that is more of like, oh, I was posting my location. (laughs) Publicly, Uh, Did not think about that. Right. You know, TikTok is not really, you know, that is a, this is a whole other thing. Um, You know, it, it, it may be data collection that, uh, you know, will come back to bite me. I don't really post anything on TikTok, but I certainly consume things on TikTok. And I don't really ever think like, ooh, yeah, hmm. I mean, what what a what a uh, you know, a landscape to 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 get data that uh will will hurt uh civilians later. But I also don't know. 
Um, so I'm kind of in that camp of like, I don't know. I don't feel personally all that scared day to day, but, um, you know, I think we all have the opportunity to, you know, share or not share on various platforms. Yeah. I I think there's, there's more of a threat to your personal information from, from private companies than, than there is from governments in in this particular instance. I'd be more worried about TikTok having my information than the Chinese government having my information is, I guess, uh, what I'm saying. Uh, thankfully operating systems have been making it easier and easier for you to take control over what data that apps can collect uh android is an operating system that does that and now there's a podcast entirely devoted to talking to you about android android aficionados ron richards and juan Tui dao bring you android faithful uh Yay. premiering today as we're Yay. recording this tuesday july 11th uh if Yay. you're hearing this before 8 p.m eastern time go to twitch.tv slash good day internet at 8 p.m uh and you can watch them record the first episode uh everybody should go subscribe right now at www.androidfaithful.com uh big congratulations to ron and when uh and everybody Woo-hoo! michelle and, and all the folks uh who are helping out and welcome to all the android faithful uh patrons who are who are showing up in our discord it's good to have you there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care plush care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe fda approved weight loss medications like wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed, and Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model in the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe tap-to-pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers... Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. With prices for PC components like GPUs and CPUs and memory starting to finally come down, uh, you may want to upgrade your PC. So we thought we'd check in with Will about where to start. Uh, Will, You've built a lot of PCs in your day. How do you determine what parts of your system you're going to upgrade? Well, you know, Tom, I I start by thinking about how I use the computer, right? So 
if I play a lot of games, then a video card is often the place you can start. And, and, and you think about the life cycle of a PC, you build a new PC or buy a new PC. And then when things start to get slow, you look at the components you can upgrade. So if the frames are slow in the latest games, video cards are a good place to do. If you do a lot of like, like heavy computing work, if you're compiling stuff, if you're a programmer or if you're doing uh, graphic design work, then, then it gets more complicated these days because there's kind of a, you know, e- even, even your, your photo editing app is going to use GPU at this point. So you can kind of have to make some more intelligent decisions. And, and with that, I really don't start to upgrade these days until things start to feel slow. So you know, sometimes it's as easy as taking a 16 gig system with 16 gigs of RAM, putting an extra two sticks of RAM and moving it to 32 gigs. And all of a sudden you're, you're in a whole new, whole new world of performance. What about windows 11? Uh, is windows 11 compatibility for your parts, something that's worth paying attention to? Is that, a, is that a good guide? Well, so anything you buy today is going to have Windows 11 compatibility at this point. Like, unless you're going to eBay and buying old hardware from, from 10 years ago, your, your new components, anything you've bought realistically in the last three or four years is going to be Windows 11 compatible. Um, and, and then there's a larger question about whether you want to upgrade to Windows 11. Like, would I build a new machine today to have a Windows 11? Would I replace a perfectly good Windows 10 machine just to get Windows 11? Probably not. Okay. You know, Windows 11 is, is great. I'm using it day to day. It's a much better OS now than it was when it launched. Is it, is it a necessity? Absolutely not. That's, that's good to know. I think that, that that's comforting for a lot of people who are, who are feeling the pressure. Uh, what about, uh, Upgrading to older stuff, uh, so you've got a you've got a several generations out out of the current CPU or a GPU that's like eight hundred uh, level Nvidia something like that. Uh, <laughs> should you go to the previous models and and get a lower price? So this is where it gets tricky with CPUs. You can often buy one generation back or like a half step generation back. And, and get a pretty good deal, especially as the transition's happening. Um, with this last generation, we changed memory specs. So, you know, if you're buying a new board and a brand new CPU now, you're probably going to buy DDR5 memory, which is substantially more expensive. And realistically, probably have a shorter lifespan than the DDR4 that you buy now, just because it's a new, new technology and new process. And it, and it probably won't last as long. Um, it'll also be when you need to replace it, it'll also be a lot cheaper than it is right now. Um, with GPUs, it's more complicated. Um, the the newer G, the newer GPUs on the AMD side, you can absolutely go back a generation. You don't have to buy a seventy six hundred um, a, a, a Radeon seventy six hundred today. If that if you're playing at ten eighty p, that's a great card. You can save a fair amount of money by going one generation back and buying a sixty seven hundred XT. Very comparable performance and like a hundred bucks cheaper. Uh, on the NVIDIA side, it's more complicated because they rolled out some new technology with the 4000 series cards. Now, reviewers really, really, really don't like the 4060 because it's it's a pretty minimal upgrade in most ways from the previous generation 6 series card, you know, the 3060. Mm-hmm. The place that it's better is that it has DLSS 3, which is a new generation of DLSS. For games that support it, it can actually generate frames to reduce micro stuttering in your games. So you can see like a 30, anywhere from a 30 to an 80% performance boost in some games, mm. uh, depending on, on where the bottlenecks are in them. The games require support. It's a relatively easy plugin for developers to add. So games that are still being actively updated, like Witcher 3 even, which is a pretty old game at this point, got a DLSS 3 patch that, that had an enormous performance boost, again, for people playing with everything turned up at 1080p. Um, I think the ray tracing support is also a little bit better on the NVIDIA side. And the the new 4000 series cards are much 
uh, more power efficient than the 3000 series cards. You're paying a pretty high premium for that. Uh, and I think you'll see a pretty good, like you, you, it's hard to go wrong at the like 800 to thousand dollar PC space right now. Cause everything's pretty good. The DLSS three stuff is a, is, is pretty, um, is, is, is it's a reason to go with an Nvidia card, frankly, right now, I think. And then the final question, uh, okay. I figured out what I'm going to buy. Where, how do I, how do I shop? Uh, where, where do you go? Yeah, so so I usually establish my budget. I say, okay, I want to spend a thousand dollars. I want to spend fifteen hundred dollars. I I did a PC for my daughter last year, and we spent five hundred bucks on that, and got a really nice PC. A little bit, a little bit of stuff scrounged from the old PC, but mostly new hardware. Um, and then I go to PCPartPicker.com. Uh, they do a ton of guides. It's a part editorial, part you can post your builds. Uh, they do the you basically put in what. CPU and what GPU you want, and then you can pull motherboards and things like that from there. They they also will tend to keep you out of trouble. So you can start with their guides. You can build out from there. You can also just start from scratch and pick the hardware you want. It'll tell you if your CPU isn't going to work with your motherboard, or if you have the right RAM for your motherboard, or if your power supply isn't powerful enough for the hardware that you're putting in the machine, which is which is super important, especially if you're not super confident in those choices. Because, like, especially with the with DDR4 and DDR5 in the channel right now, um, multiple different chipsets from AMD and, and, and Intel, three different graphics card vendors because Intel's back into it again. It gets really complicated really fast, and and it's nice to have either start with one of their guides at the price point you want, or the or the kind of uh, the, like use case you want, or uh, just build up from scratch, and then you yeah. can send a link to your friend, and say, hey, I know you're good at building PCs. Is this is this the right thing for me? Now, for that person whose dog was barking in the back seat, or uh, just had a semi honk at them, and you're like, what was that? What was that uh, website? It was pcpartpicker.com, and we'll have the link in the show notes as well. Well, uh, let's talk about satellites, shall we? Uh, SpaceX's Starlink satellites are designed to avoid things in low Earth orbit because, of course, why not? The company told the FCC in a recent filing, which it's required to do, that its fleet of orbital satellites performed more than 25,000 maneuvers, basically ways to make sure that nothing hit them, between December 1st, 2022 and May 21st of this year. Now, 1,300 of those were to avoid debris specifically generated from Russia's November 2021 anti-satellite weapon demonstration test. Turns out things hang out in space for a while after that. Only 9% of debris from that test is still in orbit, but still posing the largest overall risk to Starlink satellites. SpaceX says it uses a higher threshold than the industry standard, moving when the probability of a collision is greater than one in 100,000. Also noting that NASA uses a threshold of one in 10,000. So, yeah, okay. But Starlink also uh, doubled the number of avoidance maneuvers since its previous reporting period, in part because it added 457 satellites into low Earth orbit. So you got more satellites, you got more debris, and those satellites are trying to. That's avoid fascinating. Collisions. That's fascinating stuff uh, to see all those. It's like autonomous cars, yeah. but it's space. Will you were saying you used uh, Starlake recently, right? Yeah, yeah. I visited my folks in in Virginia, and they live out in out in the country where there's no no cable, no DSL. You know, previously they'd used a four G uplink on a fixed antenna. It, it's a remarkable, like it was a remarkable service for 
browsing the internet, watching videos, all the things that you do in your broadband, except for playing multiplayer games online. Aha. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Yes. I suppose that would be true. Uh, well, that makes sense. You'd have moments of good performance. And uh-huh. then when you, when you jump from satellite to satellite, there's just enough downtime. Uh-huh. That you'd have some judder and, and it made it weird. It was still slightly better than trying to play Diablo four on the airplane to the East coast. Though. That I, I have, I have, it depends on the airplane these days. There's some pretty, be- there's some pretty good Wi Fi in the airplane these days. I, I've been sort of impressed. This weekend, I, I, was not I have on some friends who live, um, you know, definitely country living, not far from where I am now. And they just, even, you know, even just paying whatever they could pay, um, they could not get uh, a reliable connection where they lived. Um, and Starlink has been working for them. Yeah, that's yeah. A, it used situation. to be when you go over there, they'd say, Is someone watching the video, don't watch the video, <laughs> that kind of thing. So it, it's a remarkable, it was remarkable. Like my daughter was able to watch YouTube. We were able to have multiple videos going at the same time. We could do zoom calls, the whole thing. It just kind of worked in a way that the 4g stuff never really did. So it's, it's a remarkable service. Well, um, hopefully Starlink satellites will continue to, uh, you know, dodge debris, <laughs> but, uh, sounds like it's getting crowded up there in low earth orbit. Uh, Will Smith, uh, not crowded at all having you on the show. Uh, thank you for being here with us and let folks know where they can keep up with the rest of your work. Yeah. So, um, you can find me on, well, I'm on the blue skies and the mastodons and the, and the, like, uh, look, all of the children of Twitter, I'm there. Um, you can find me at twitch.tv slash not that Will Smith. But, uh, I also, my day job, I work on a game called the Anacrusis. We're part of the Steam Summer Sale. We, um, are a Left for Dead like, meaning we're a four player co op game where you can fight, uh, aliens uh, and traverse a scary spaceship. Um, we just launched Versus Mode with our 39th update in early access last week. And, uh, that lets you and your friends play as the aliens, as the bad guys. And so, you, you, like, the survivors are trying to get to the end of the map. The the aliens are trying to stop them from getting to the end of the map. And uh, we, we like to think of it as sanctioned griefing. So <laughs> it's, a, it's a way to be mean to your friends. And then at the end of the level, you swap teams, and then they can be mean to you. And it's, it's quite fun. Fantastic. That sounds so much fun. Uh, patrons, stick around. We're not done talking to Will Smith on Good Day Internet. We're going to catch up on some of the conversations he's been having on TechPod about Federation, you know, like what Mastodon is doing. In light of threads, a lot of people have been talking about this some more. So we'll talk a little bit about what problems it causes, which ones it solves, and whether people actually want it. But just a reminder, you can catch our show live Monday through Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern. That is 2000 UTC. And you can find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. Back doing it all again tomorrow with Scott Johnson joining us. Probably going to talk about gaming. See you there. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>